Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck, and we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording today, the Wurundjeri people and the Luchi Luchi people, um, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. Now, you might have heard that there is a different uh, land in there, which we are acknowledging today, and that is because Penny is somewhere different than she usually is today. Penny, whereabouts are you in Australia? I am in northwest Victoria in the town of Mildura on the Murray River. Fantastic. Yay. Excellent. Um, Well, in addition to myself and Penny today, we also have two wonderful guests with us who are members of the Language Lovers AU community, Um, Lily Mack, Lily Ceron Fernandez, and Deb McLeod. Welcome to Language Chats. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for having me as well. We are very excited to have you both here because... You both answered a call out on the Language Lovers AU community Facebook page. We were looking for some keen people to come and talk to us. So we're very grateful that you both answered and we love chatting to our Language Lovers community members. So let's start and (laughs) perhaps Deb, if we could start with you, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in languages? Where did you grow up? What languages were kind of around you when you were growing up and how has language kind of been a part of your life over 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 the lifetime that you've you've been here <laughs> <laughs> not telling about my age or anything <laughs> no um i grew up uh, in melbourne in the southeastern suburbs in berwick or around that area um Really, as a, a kid, didn't have much exposure to other languages. Um, and even at high school, I will give away my age here because it was in the 80s, 1980s. Um, so I think high school was the first exposure to any language learning. Um, and uh, as much as I actually at the time remember wanting to learn French, I don't know why, but I wanted to learn French. We weren't offered French. We did uh, six months of Greek, Mm. which is unusual. Um, Handy in some ways, because I now know for some reason I remember the Greek alphabet. I can just reel it off if I have to. And then we did six months of Chinese, which was called Chinese back then, but I'm sure it would be Mandarin now. Um, And then we did 12 months of German. Um, Unfortunately, back then, language wasn't given the importance that I think it should have been so the the way we were taught was just very basic and there was just no interest there for me so I toddled off and didn't do anything more um go forward a few years quite a few years um I was always interested in uh Italian cooking preserving things like that so I had a little inkling in my head that I would probably like to learn Italian someday I had a neighbor that was learning Italian so I went, oh, I might try it, never got around to it. And then lo and behold, about five years ago, my um, best friends decided to move to France in 2019. So very, feeling very sad that they were gone and that, oh, well, it gives me an opportunity to go and visit them. I will learn French. So off I went, Googled a local French teacher from Berwick and started learning French. 
and became addicted. <laughs> Absolutely addicted. Um, and so, what, four, four, four and a half years later, um, I'm still learning French. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. So good. Um, I love that you were inspired and having future trips, travels and visits um, to France is always a good um, good inspiration um, as well and good motivation to get started. Um, Lily, can you tell us a little bit about your background with languages and what has been around you in your life and um, I guess what, what you what you consider your sort of language life to be? Okay, so um, I was born in a small country, uh, small town in South America. This is a town in the line between Brazil and Colombia. Um, in that part of the world, we do have two languages, which is Portuguese and Spanish. My mum being Colombian, really strong lady, um, we all um, was just kind of uh, strong will and just taught us to uh, speak at home Spanish. And outside, we usually speak with my sister and my cousins and family Portuguese. So I don't really remember uh, making differences between Spanish and Portuguese. But now that I am a language teacher, I do think that Spanish is the language of my heart. That's how I call it, the language of my heart, because that's how I communicate with my mom and that's how I communicate with my daughter. Um, I move around for I don't know how long I, I finished school and I decided just to move across the the world and decided to I wanted to learn another language and that being English um, then yeah here I am trying to learn <laughs> You know it already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, it is still a work in progress, but I have worked for many years in different countries. So I went to US and I found that not many people were there to practice with me. There's a lot of Spanish speaking uh, people, community in Miami, in LA. So my English was not improving. And then I thought, like, I'm going to go and try to, in UK, it was too cold for me. <laughs> so then I thought, like, Australia should be a warm place for me to learn English. And then here I am. <laughs> so I've been here for about eight years. Um, when I moved permanently to Australia to study a master's degree in teaching and not teaching Spanish and Portuguese. And it, it just started being only six months learning English and then, it moved to two years and then three years and I found a job and and then yeah, it just it was just kinda like the time the time passes really quickly. Then I moved to uh Israel and I started learning Hebrew. Um and I'm still I'm still on it. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a tough cookie. But I'm wow. still yeah, I'm still on it. Yeah, trying my best. Amazing. So what was the kind of motivation behind moving to Israel and, and trying to learn Hebrew? Well, that was basically because they have a big, big, big Spanish community and I went behind like following a job. Okay. Um, I was a Spanish teacher there for many months and basically you are outside of the circle if you don't speak the language and mm. also if you're a 
a woman. So I wanted to be part of the group. Wow. Mm. Amazing. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot of travel, which we love, of course. Um, <laughs> I do. Lots yeah. I think that that's part of the languages that you get to connect with people in a different level and you get to know people in, in in a deeper level connection when you share some sort of uh, language skill with them. It's, it's, it's just different. It clicks different. I don't know. For me, I don't know for you guys, but when I get to meet someone and we share that interestful language um, learning and and culture learning and and different styles of how to learn different things, especially uh, languages, I do feel different. And and I feel like that gives me a little bit of uh am I coming am I I'm, I always say I'm a little bit of an introvert. But when it comes to that kind of connection, having a, a to talk to someone and said, I do this or I enjoyed these um, in their language, they become a little bit more open, especially yeah, in their home language. Yeah. Jeb, do you feel the same way? How, like how, how have you experienced that similar kind of feeling um, learning, learning French? Yeah, um, I, I just gives you a buzz, I think, when you manage to get something out of your mouth that's in another language and you're like wow that was so cool um yeah, even picking up I don't know if I found with French and I know you um do French as well Beck. um I find that um it, it was good for speaking English because I had to relearn grammar I don't think I was taught grammar very well at school um and to do the French was like well I have to go back and figure out what all these grammar terms mean. Um, but the other thing too is the connection with people. Um, I had a experience recently. I was in Adelaide with a friend. She speaks actually Farsi. She speaks a bit of it. She's been learning it. And she saw um, an Iranian lady with some, some of her children and a, and a male um, in the street. And she went, and she's very forward. She's a ball to be around this person. And she walked up to them and started speaking to them Farsi. And the look of joy on their face was just divine. I, I couldn't believe it. I was just so touched. And they were just wrapped that someone took the time out to speak to them in another in their language, I should mm. say. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. I think it's great. It's, it does, it's a bit cliche, but it does break down the cultures. Mm. It really does. It helps. Have you had a chance to to use your French in France in real life situations with real with real people? <laughs> um, when I went last time was before COVID, so we went in two thousand and nineteen. Um, I did try. Uh, <laughs> I was only six months into it, and if I knew now what I if I yep. knew then what I know now, um, but I just I got very frustrated. You know, bonjour, and they just speak to you in English. And you're like, oh, they know my accent, my accent. <laughs> no, um, so I'm hoping I'm going back actually next month. I'm going back for for four weeks, so I'm hoping I can utilize it a bit and get a bit further. I found I did utilize it. Um, my husband doesn't speak any French whatsoever. So um, I was the go-to if he got into trouble, like, oh, this person doesn't speak English. Help me, please, help me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, between myself and I know a lady in a, a um, higher car place who spoke 
basic English and I spoke basic French. We managed to, between ourselves, figure out what we were saying. But, yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. But, yeah, I'm hoping I get a bit more of a chance and they don't, you know, pick the Aussie accent. <laughs> oh, I think, I think you'll, um, you'll be in for a surprise when you go back. You'll be like, oh, wow, look at my, look at my improvement since, you know, pre-COVID. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure you will. You should, um, you should record some videos. We'd love yeah. that. Oh yes. <laughs> and then you can you can look and realize how much just how much better you've done this time, which I'm sure you will, um, than before. Oh, that immersion just makes all the difference though, doesn't it? You just you live and breathe that next minute it's just coming out naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you've got no choice because you've got you you know, you've got things you need to do and things you need to have, so you've got to put yes. yourself out there. <laughs> Speaking of immersion, um, Lily, I'm guessing you, you would have had many different experiences of immersion. Also, um, how have you how have you felt being in different situations around the world, in different places where you don't speak the first language of the the community that is there? And how is that being a learner? Well, I do think that is kind of letting myself um being vulnerable at yeah. in different situations where I do need to yeah be just uh more uh I would say proactive in learning cue words and then being just kind of cool with what I do know in English because when it's not Spanish, it is English, or it could be Portuguese, and then switching between them. Um, I found a lot of people in Israel, they do speak English, and they do speak it very well. So it was really, really hard to to actually get to practice with a, with a like, native. I did want to just to go and, you know, express myself, and they say, I, I learned this, I know how to say this, but they pretty much... As big, they came back to me in English, and English is not my first language. But they they thought that okay, this is like not what she wants to say, and then just kind of translating in English. Uh, sometimes frustrating, I would say, but I just I just go with the flow. I think it's important just to um, let myself to connect in different ways just smiling and saying like oh, I'm learning or oh, this is what I want to say then oh you know with my husband he speaks um English and his first language is English but he also speaks all these languages and and I said I, I want to learn these or I want to say these can you correct me in these and and just being open to to let others to get across and and just you know, teach me things that I'm always saying because I'm, I'm here to learn. Even to my students, I'm here to learn. I do not know everything, but then it's just the, the goal that you learn from me and I learn from you and eventually we just get better. I don't know how, but eventually um, we will get better. They practice in my language, I will practice your language. But immersion is, is the key, I would say, going to other places and get yourself um, comfortable saying things and making mistakes is the goal, is, is the key. Because if you don't make mistakes, it's, it's really hard just to learn because we we always learning things and we don't learn with a book and our uh, arm. So just trying to get comfortable 
improve a little bit every day, uh, learn something new every day in your target language. That's that's what you're going to remember, I would say. Mm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lily, you're a, you're a teacher now and you're teaching, did you say Spanish and Portuguese, both languages? Oh, great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I came to do a master's in, in teaching um, here in Australia and I decided to stay. I was um, later on offered a scholarship to continue my PhD, which I completed in 2019 in Hispanic studies. Um, And at the end of my PhD, I completed a book, which is how to teach Spanish to a third, as a, a, how to learn Spanish as a third language. So someone that has already uh, learned one and has the first language, in this case, English. Um, so I do work as a teacher now and as an IV and VCE teacher. So my students, basically, they do have to prove in here with the BCE exams that they do know the language. Um, has been, I think, so far the best experience that have had. Because being a teacher and being a, an Spanish teacher has been like my, it was my goal many years ago. And when I achieved my dream job, I thought like, oh, I have achieved everything in life I wanted. And every day I feel like I go to work is just a, yeah, it's just kind of like, I don't know how to say, but it's just it just feels good. Feels like I'm not going to work. I'm just going to have fun a little bit with them and teach them what they need to know in the hope that they improve and they they can prove that they do know the language. Um, yeah, trying to make them to fall in love with the language is that that's my goal every day and I think the the future of uh, Spanish language education in Australia sounds very safe in your hands Lily (laughs) (laughs) I hope Um, so I hope so I do work really really hard in making uh, groups the language to be known to to more schools to get involved with it, to choose Spanish as the first language. Uh, if you don't have your language, you help in school. So my job is to try to bring students to the Saturday school. Um, so communicating, uh, just taking all the news and then just informing people that it, here's not your language. Maybe in this school you can find it. Um, and if that language is, is a Spanish, so even better. Mm. So we do have lots of students. Um, and and that's, that's absolutely um, amazing to see how many people want to learn Spanish uh, now. And how many native speakers do we have now from South America and Spain that are living here or their parents are Spanish-speaking uh, families and they just moved to Australia and they want to keep the language alive. Yeah, I think that's an important part of it, isn't it, that, you know, the second generation have access to studies and can use that as part of their VC and IB and HSC and whatever else we have around around this country. Um, it's funny, Lily, because when we talk to people on the podcast who are from 
North America or from parts of Europe, they're often quite surprised that Spanish isn't a you know a language that features high in in us in our school system. Um, I think because of course in other parts of the world it is a really well studied language. Um, so it's nice to hear that you are seeing an increase in students who are choosing to take up Spanish. Um, I think personally, I've never properly studied it, but um, I think it just is such a cool sounding, cool sounding language, don't you reckon, Beck? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I've only ever tried to learn like a little bit of tourist Spanish, I have to say, um, which I feel is like a bit of a downfall because people always say to me, oh, you've learned some French and Italian, like surely you've done some Spanish too. And I'm like, oh, I haven't really. <laughs> but also as well, like such an important language, you know, across the world and, yeah. you know, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting to hear actually between the two of you, Deb and Lily, um, your quite different experiences of education with language. Um, obviously, Lily, as a teacher, you have an experience of that world um, now. But even as a student, when you were learning, um, you know, you sort of experienced the immersion side of things, going to another country, traveling. Deb, it sounds like as well from your perspective, like you had the kind of I would say a sort of a typical Australian experience of as a younger person, maybe feeling like languages were not the most important part of their curriculum, um, but then finding later in, you know, as an adult that you found inspiration and motivation to learn another language. Um, do you think that in Australia, like your experience, Deb, um, do we, what, what can we do to try and, help people value um, maybe languages more like if if inspiration and motivation is the key um, what should we be sharing amongst the community to help people understand the the beauty of learning another language yeah it's a really hard one because um, I think when you're younger you just don't see the value in it unfortunately because um, I didn't and my son he learned languages or did a lot more language learning at school than what I, I did. So he, he did Japanese, a bit of Latin, a bit of French. Um, but even when he was going to uni, I was like, do a language, do a language. He's like, no. I'm like, do a language, do a language. He just, they just don't get it because I thought, you you won't regret it. You won't regret it. <laughs> um, but I, I think you, we need more teachers like Lily, <laughs> basically, that inspire. Like you can tell um, just listening to her that she just loves her job and loves loves passing on the knowledge that she's got and, and teaching the, the children how to, you know, speak this wonderful, these wonderful languages. And we need more people like that in the education system with that passion. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've got to be out there. They've got to be out there. It's funny because we, we've spoken to so many, we've spoken to lots of teachers on this podcast and I'm sure we will continue to do so because we love teachers. Um, <laughs> but um, we have spoken to so many teachers who are, I feel I feel like Penny, like and maybe you can attest to this, but so many people who we feel are filled with um, ways of inspiring their students and they're filled with energy mm. to, to tell people about their language and to share it and to share their passion, which I love. It makes me feel so, so filled with hope for, for where, where language education could go in, in Australia. Um, I think that's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are so many teachers out there who must have lots of passion to share. Um, but 
like I, I would love how, like how I don't know how we can make sure that that passion gets picked up by everybody you know mm. <laughs> I wish there were ways that you could make it just absorb into I know. everyone <laughs> it's, it's a puzzle we must we must fix it yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, don't, I don't know it, but there's got to be a way to get that passion out there um mm. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because they're little sponges, these little children. They'll just take it all in and it'll just be, you know. And especially for Australia, we are so multicultural. We have so mm. many different languages. And that's what I was thinking. Like I've learnt French and you, you, you hear French people in the street all the time now because I pick up the um, accent. Same with Italian. I've, I've done a little bit of Italian. Um I've, I would like to learn, uh, you know, some sort of Arabic or, or Chinese. I know Penny speaks Chinese because we have so many of, uh, you know, Chinese, Arabic people here. You, you've got people there ready that you could speak to, you could practice with. It's true. It's mm. true. And we, we are really lucky, I think, in that way too. Just speaking of um, being around and hearing people speaking other languages. So I find as somebody who lives in Melbourne, I notice that all the time I work in in the CBD so like I'm often around the city and you can just be walking through the street and even though Australia feels like a very like English dominant place like of course yes it is um but you hear people speaking other languages all the time and the other day um so at the time of recording this podcast the uh women's FIFA World Cup is on um and so a lot of people have been watching football and you know that's been held around Australia at the and New Zealand at the moment um but the the other day uh Columbia actually was playing um Lily I'm sure you know this <laughs> I was there I was there oh, no, maybe I walked past you because I uh was yeah leaving leaving my work and I they were just I have never seen so many Spanish speakers all in one place in Melbourne um and it was actually delightful to hear so many people like obviously like Colombians um but also people with their friends and just enjoying Singing. themselves and singing, yeah, and enjoying it. But I was like, wow, there's so much Spanish here. Like, it's so great. Like, it was so fun to hear in the middle of Melbourne. Yeah, I was last night uh, watching the game and there was just so many Colombians that I did not know that were like, actually living in here. It's such a big group now of Spanish speakers in Melbourne, which I did not think that was the case I thought like yeah we are like grouping here but I didn't think that we're that many and uh, is 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 just cool it just feels like home and so many uh I heard just saying uh this is uh the local like we were playing as locals in here so it felt good it felt oof is this <laughs> kind of like being there but here it, it just yeah. felt so so good um Languages connect people that help us to accept each other, to understand each other in a country where do many people speak different languages and so many people do live together. So understanding another person and how do they live and why do they do the things they do, a language is, is just that key key that helps us to get us closer. Man, in saying that, I do think personally that the government and the, the system in Australia is not doing enough to encourage people to learn the languages. And we we are many really enthusiastic teachers because I do know a lot working with me or alongside 
that we can do like I don't know many different things, festivals, activities. But if they, the government, which is the organization that organized us to be together, doesn't do anything to say, hey, you are doing a great job, doesn't do anything. So people are just going to say like, oh, no, this is not that really important. I'm just going to do this because this is what is important. So it, it's, just, it's just providing my little bit more like that shining light to the people that is actually taking the time to learn a language because they want to connect, because they want to travel, because they want to, you know, just do something better um, with their time, I would yeah. say. That's just, right. Connection is so is such a big benefit, I think, of of learning a language. Being able to connect with other people who speak another language, but also being able to connect with their culture, um, and I think being able to experience that from a different point of view. Um, Deb, have you got experiences of that as well? That um, of, of feeling a different way of understanding because you have learnt French. Oh yes, definitely. Oh, well, French. Um, it, it does. It, it opens the the culture of the French. It's different to ours, but that would be like with any language. You're going to learn more about them. Um, yeah, their their art, their literature, all those sorts of things. History. Um, they might have different ways of looking things politically so it opens your eyes to that too and the ways we're used to here so um, definitely um, and that's something maybe in the education system too that they could you know not it's not just about the language it's about immersing as Lily said in the life of that country. Um, in Australia, who do you usually practice with? Like, have you do you do you learn online? Have you had in person classes? How do you how do you like to maintain your French um, while you're here? Um, I like a lesson because it makes me accountable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I've got um, the lady uh, that I first started learning with. I, I still have lessons with her. Um, and it's more of a social thing. She's a good friend now too. Um, and it's just a good, we have a chat. It, it's, it's great. Um, I also learn with Alliance Francaise. Um, so I've been doing lessons with them. Ooh, during COVID, I started, so 2020. <laughs> I had a big rush to the head. Oh, we were locked down forever. So I just did heaps of French. <laughs> Anything French, I was doing it. Um, so I like... Yeah, I like the structure of the lessons. I like um, Alliance is good. They give me homework. I get it. I get it uh, marked so I know where I'm, you know, going, where I'm making mistakes and all that. And I need that deadline. There you go. Otherwise, I'll just like I'll do that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I incorporate a lot of just. I think you just got to try and immerse yourself while you're here. So. I changed my Google to French, so I can speak to my Google in the car in French, and it will reply in French. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah, quite fun. Good. It's How good fun. <laughs> um, Google. If I Google on my phone, it comes up in French. Um, just things like that, and I sign up to things on Facebook. I follow all these French pages, so you're always getting you're getting you know saturated with French content. So it just just goes in you know without even thinking about it, you're taking it in. I think. Um, 
So I think that's that's handy. But I also, yeah, I do like a challenge. So I've, I've sat a couple of exams, the um, Delphi exams, um, and with, you know, I haven't decided when I'll do. I've done the A1 and A2. I'll do the B1 at some stage. But I like that as well. Right, I'm going to sit the exam in November and I will study and, and have that, you know, challenge, <laughs> so to speak. Good on you, Deb. Lily, are you doing any kind of formal or informal study of any languages at the moment? I am, yeah, I'm just doing some, occasionally some meetups and meeting people that actually speak the language, um, Hebrew, and I do try to get like by with these sort of um, beer nights with people and then just get myself uh, yeah a little bit more like I get a bit nervous talking so if you can tell now I'm a bit nervous but then with a little bit of beer I get a little bit more excited so the language come out better (laughs) tonight is a weeknight so it's a school night so I can tonight but usually on the weekend when I have the time now I have two kids so it's not as I used to be like before when when I was single and no kids around or yeah so now it's just like going to meetups occasionally just doing some apps on my phone when I have the time when the kids are in bed and then just trying to chill and then just quiet time and then just they're off to sleep so I'm on my phone I also like just to watch movies you know, in the language, yeah. uh, music, when I'm driving my car, really crazy, like loud, it's just me. So I just pump up my my energy with the music. And yeah, that's kind of it at the moment. No plans of traveling as back. I would love to have some like plans in the near future, but I don't. So hopefully, eventually, I will just get ready for a trip to uh, Israel. I would love to do that uh, with my kids and my husband. And, yeah, yeah who knows when. Yeah, at this point, I oh, have chance yet. <laughs> oh, well, it's been so lovely to chat to you both. Thank you so much for giving up your time to um, come on Language Chats. We yes, really appreciate yes. it. And thank you for sharing your experiences and also some of your tips there too. It was quite a good list of uh, ideas and resources for people to um, to think about. <laughs> um, are you guys on social media? Are you interested in having people follow along with your language journey? I develop a program which is called Spanish uh, Gym Training. Um, and this is kind of like getting along with in the lines of training your brain to to learn a language. How do you do learn Spanish as training, exercising? Um, people can follow me. I have a website as well. I do 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 a lot of different things. Um, so with lots of different topics. But then the idea is just uh, everyone that wants to learn. Spanish and exercise at the same time their brain they can follow my program um and yeah the idea is just a actually get yourself down into a grammar a speaking and then I have a system which is called the 202020 so which is the 20 grammar 20 speaking 20 comprehension and then we do it uh, one-on-one sometimes with like lots of the people that I work with 
Um, and that is just with the hope that you, everyone in my in my program just can uh, work out and improve the communication skills. And yeah, people are more than welcome to follow me. Um, and what's your website, Lily? We'll put a link in the show notes as well. But what's what's the yeah link? Spanish gym training and. Yeah, just like that. Spanish gym training, and then just come find my name, Lily Seron Fernandez, um, and that's it. Yeah. So I hope this is not kind of like making publicity or anything. It's just I love to share the way the people outside do can do it. It's not just like get yourself down to to learn the Spanish. It's any language if you wanna because I have done it before with different languages as well. So uh, it's just find it what your makes your heart burned. And once you find that, mm. you will put that in your target language, and then off you go you will be able to speak in no time because is your heart talking is your enthusiastic brain doing things is your attitude actually I feel like we yeah we all need like a lily cheerleader in our corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. she needs to be on your shoulder, doesn't she? Hey. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, I love Maybe that. Maybe that's the thing. The language, the little language cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pom yeah. I'm seeing like a like a top that has a big L on it. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. I would take that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, we'll pop um, Lily your contact in the um, show notes so that people can find uh, your Spanish language learning gym exercises, which we like, love the idea of. Um, but of course, Lily and Deb, you are also both members of our Facebook group, which is the Language Lovers AU community. So if you would also like to join um, that group to find some other like-minded um, people who love languages, um, then do join us there I was actually going to mention though too because I know you've met him one of the things I do do as a language and I forgot to mention this was podcast coffee break French oh, yes. and yes. Beck you've met him haven't you I have yes. I know I know I've, I'm such a fangirl of his I'm like oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And that's how I came upon you two was I heard you you interviewed him, didn't you? Yes, we did yes. interview him. And he interviewed me. <laughs> yes, and he interviewed back and I went, Oh, ooh, they're Australian. Okay, <laughs> must, right. I must get involved in this. So yes, that's how I came upon you. <laughs> oh, oh that's awesome. Well, thank you again and thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Language Chats. We really appreciate you listening and if you have a friend who you think might find some value from this episode, please feel free to share and don't forget that if you have time to rate and review Language Chats, the podcast, we will be eternally grateful <laughs> and um, we will catch you in another fortnight. Thank you. Okay. Adios. Thank you. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Lily. Au revoir. Bye. Ciao. Thank you so much. Gracias.